Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. It's Thursday, April the 7th, 2022. Let's talk about, in my opinion, the most important fight stylistically this weekend, right? I'm not sure if it's bettable, but it's a must watch. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, let me just say, Sebastian Fundora is 6'6", and he's fighting at 154 pounds. In other words, he's the height of Anthony Joshua, only he's about 80 pounds lighter. Now, what's amazing with him is his fight style. Now, let me mention a few things here, because I might be biased in this video. Right, my idea of a great tall prospect is Hamza Shiraz at 160. Right, understand, Shiraz has height and uses it. He doesn't lean over the pocket. This is a beef I have, right? A lot of sports betting is being a talent scout. I believe that tall guys, the tall effective guys, have to learn how to lean back, how to force you to come through a jab, then to come through their body without getting hit with their other hand or without them playing games where you're trying to come through the jab and you're hit with the left hook or whatever the lead hand is. The great tall fighters I've seen are guys like Vitaly Klitschko. They know how to use their height. They're leaning back. They're forcing you to do things you're not accustomed to doing because, number one, you're not accustomed to fighting guys that tall. Number two, you're in the pocket and you still can't reach the guy's head. You have to give up on hitting the guy's head. You start to go to the guy's body and the tall fighters I like have that blocked. Now, oddly enough, that's what Shiraz does, by the way, right? Let me make another point, too. The guys who lean back, the guys who are tall but who understand that they need a back foot anyway, those guys can win the slow rounds. In other words, you're in the ring, you're trying to get to the guy, you're getting hit with a jab. Right? You're getting hit with straight right hands. You're getting hit with long-distance punches. You can't even get to the guy. You've already lost the first third of the fight. Then you start to get desperate. You say, well, I've got to get to this guy, so I've got to take some risks. Then you start jumping into right hands. You start jumping into left hooks. Right before you know it, you're down big. You might even find yourself down on the canvas. 
Now, when I'm looking at fighters, I'm looking for that. Because I need to know that the guy can win the slow rounds. The guy can win rounds without getting hit. The guy is going to make the fight scoring-wise with the judges hard on an opponent. Right? You don't want the guy who is feast or famine, who's relying on a knockout. Rather, you want the guy who's going to win the fight anyway. If he gets the knockout, great. If he doesn't get the knockout, you remember that Vitaly Klitschko-Shannon Briggs fight? The other guy is going to be punished. Right? Punished. Let's talk about my beef with Sebastian Fundora. He's a 6'6 guy who, believe it or not, is a mid-range hooker. Right, folks? It almost feels like I'm watching Danny Garcia when I watch this guy. Now, don't get me wrong. He's offensively blessed. He has hand speed. He lets both of his hands go. But you're looking at him and you're thinking, wow, he's 6'6", but he's fighting like he's 5'6". Why is this guy going all blood and guts? Shouldn't the extra inches allow the guy to force you to throw the punch the extra inches? You look at Jack Johnson, for example. Let's go back and look at films. You look at Jack Johnson... And a lot of times, Jack Johnson is leaning back, the punch ends here, and then Jack Johnson is throwing his shot, right? He's one of the creators of the pull counter. And you're, and you're realizing, you know, Jack Johnson really was advanced. He brought defense to the party. Sebastian Fundora, who already has a draw, on his record, folks, is in the pocket. He's leaning over the pocket. Think about that. 6'6", six, six, at 154. Shouldn't the other guy be leaning over the pocket? No, Fundora's leaning over the pocket. He's there to get hit with counters by guys who are crafty enough to figure out the angles and to throw looping punches. There's not enough cat and mouse with him, in my opinion. You know he's going to come try to find you. Right? I prefer the Vitaly Klitschko type thing, where you see him, he's tall, he comes in, he's shooting a jab, and you're wondering, wow, you know... Is this guy going to attack me? When's that going to happen? Meanwhile, you're losing rounds. Right? Just don't fall into the trap where you think, oh, the guy must not have a punch if he's just tentative. You jump in and, oh, there's the punch. Right here, this is almost like a train station with Fundora. They ring the bell. You look at your watch. You know, okay, well, this guy's going to come find me. Then you look up, here's the tall guy. He's right in front of you. He's throwing predominantly hooks. 
Folks, you're going to see more long-range punches this weekend from a much shorter Gennady Golovkin than you're going to see from Sebastian Fundora. So, here's the million-dollar question. I'm a big Erickson Lubin fan. Lubin is, simply put, one of boxing's best body punchers. Folks, he's spectacular. If he gets on your body, you can't get him off. If he hurts you to the body, forget it. It's over. He'll come out the next round. He'll be up on your body. Brutal, wicked body puncher. If he gets inside, he's a problem. But here's the catch. Biggest fight of his career. He faced Jamel Charlo. Yeah, that's right. That Jamel Charlo. Boxing insiders were expecting this to be Charlo's biggest test. Lubin came in on Charlo's body. But Lubin missed the part of the Joe Fraser, Mike Tyson tape, where those guys are tricking you to get inside. In other words, Mike Tyson's not just walking inside on you. No, Mike Tyson... Upper body movement, moving his head, faints, right? Comes in, he's like this. He don't know if Tyson's throwing a right hand, a left hand, an uppercut, right? Joe Fraser, master of what they called back then the bob and weave. Joe's moving his head, even when the other guy's not throwing punches, right? These are the guys who want to get inside on you and who understand at the world-class level of boxing, no one is going to roll out the red carpet for you to come inside on them. Well, Erickson Lubin tried to get inside on a true champion. Right, Charlo's next fight, by the way, is for the undisputed title at 154. It'll be his second such match. The first time he and Castano fought to a draw in a fight that Charlo had to come back to get the draw, right? Look at the judges' scorecards. Don't believe me. Well, Charlo saw this guy just walking inside and finished him off in one round. It was a one-punch KO. Who knows if it could be duplicated? But let's just say Charlo, in the first round, knew exactly where to find Lubin's head. Now, Fundora's high volume. He's going to be firing with both hands. Is Lubin going to be obvious, or is Lubin going to be advanced? Right? You know an advanced fighter when you see one. Let me mention his name again. He's fighting Ryota Murata this weekend. Chinati Golovkin. You'll notice in fights that Golovkin, major puncher, one of boxing's best punchers, even now at 40, right? I know people are telling you, oh, he hasn't fought in a while. Folks, power is the last to go. 
I'm just telling you, you're going to notice in the Golovkin fight that as Morata tries to get close to Golovkin, there are going to be times where Golovkin walks back away from Morata. In other words, Golovkin is a guy who wants to pick and create his spots. Is Lubin, who has great body puncher, who has a lot of body to hit. A lot. He's fighting a guy who's six and a half feet. He has a lot of body to hit. Is Lubin going to be able to get inside? on a 6-6 mid-range hooker. Right? Let me just say, there are things he can do. He needs to play angles and move his upper body. He needs to pretend he's Mike Tyson. Right? Be outside on Fundora. Not allow a mid-range hooker to stand right in front of him. He needs to move. He needs to be off at the side. And then he needs to attack, right? And he needs to do so while moving his upper body. Right? The first second is crucial in terms of Lubin attacks. Right? He has to move his upper body. He might try to throw some looping punch. You remember those Mike Tyson episodes where he would come in and go, you know, with some big punch. Joe Fraser, left hook. He needs to throw the punch. Canelo does this. Throw a big punch really as a decoy. Right? The punch, David Hay. The punch has force on it. Don't get me wrong. The punch can knock down trees. But the guy's really throwing the punch to get you off river. Right? You see this big punch coming and you, you have to move. Then, of course, when you're finished moving... The real agenda shows itself. The guy's up on you, he's inside, and he's throwing hellacious punches. Right? Lubin's going to have to do stuff like that. Let's name another member of boxing royalty. Roberto Duran. Duran would come inside and he would push down one of your hands. Right? He would pin one of your hands to get in his shots. Right, folks? No one said fighting inside was 100% clean. There's going to be some tugging. There's going to be some pushing. There are going to be guys trying to push down your hand while they hit you. Right? Lubin is... Lubin's a guy who fights really clean. I don't think you can do that against a six-foot-six-inch mid-range hooker with this kind of volume. Right? I'd rather see Fundora shooting a jab. Think, player, I'm 6'6". Six, six. What are you going to do? You're going to have to slip my jab. You're going to have to slip the punch that I throw after the jab. You're going to have to come find me. Right? That's not this guy. This is the guy who's made a living, coming in, bending over the pocket, and throwing volume. He gives away his height, in my opinion. You have to be bold to throw looping shots to hit him in the head. But he's facing 
a cagey body puncher who might be content to get inside and hit him in the body. Folks, Vegas has priced this fight correctly. Lubin's a slight favorite, but it's negligible. I'm seeing Fondora at a plus 120. Let's just say the fight is going to be an education. right? I don't believe that Fondora is going to be able to fight leaning backwards. That's not who he is. Once the bullets start flying, this guy's going to be leading forward over the pocket. The question for me is whether Lubin is bringing some trickery to get deep in the pocket, to get through the mid-range offense of Fundora. Right? Whether Lubin is ready to attack at angles. Right? The key with the mid-range hooker is, number one, you don't want to be at mid-range. Number two, you don't want to be right in front of the guy. Number three, you need to realize the guy is throwing left, right, left, right. So you need to upset the rhythm. Right? He throws a left. You need to crowd his right. You know he's going to throw it next. You need to smother it. You need to hold it. You need to be ready to parry it. Those are the things that Lubin did not do in the very short fight against Jamal Charlo. He's going to have to do that here. Right, so betting-wise,